Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fork Epiphany podcast. This podcast is hosted by... Good, steady pressure. That's the key. I'm all about the vagina. And I will not be judged by you or society. I will wear whatever and blow whomever I want as long as I can breathe and kneel. I believe the French had quite a bit of luck using their tongues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you call that little thing? We call it the Euphoric Epiphany Podcast. Welcome to the show. Good morning. My name is Caroline Carrington, and I'm a conscious relationship and intimacy coach and certified Tantra educator. I'm based predominantly in the San Francisco Bay Area in California, but I travel all around the world sharing the gifts of Tantra and supporting people in getting out of their heads and into their bodies to deepen their relationship with themselves, their partners, and the divine. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, Yeah, getting out of our heads is so, so, so important. Um, so if you can um, introduce ourselves to, like, what is Tantra and what does it mean to be a Dakini? Mm, okay, well, I'm, those are two big questions. So yes. I'm going to start. <laughs> go big start or go home. The... <laughs> go big or go home, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the word Tantra uh, actually comes from uh, the Hindu tradition originally. And some of your listeners might be familiar with uh, yoga or asanas, those body postures um, where we move. And and Tantra actually came uh, before uh, any of the yoga postures were even invented. So it is a form of yoga and it means a lot of uh, different things. One of the translations of that word, which is actually from Sanskrit, means a weaving. And the, the metaphor is actually like as you weaving on a loom and it's kind of a weaving together Uh, And you can think of this in terms of, uh, you know, two partners. You can think of this as creating, the word yoga means union, so creating union with yourself and your partner. Um, But it's also a deeply spiritual practice. And uh, it doesn't have to be for all of my students. It certainly is for me. But people really get to use the tools in Tantra kind of as a toolbox to open and awaken them to a more profound experience of themselves. Um, and it, it really started off in India uh, with people that were rebels. They did pretty insane things, which we don't do anymore. Like they would like hang out in graveyards and drink blood and do all these like super rebellious practices. Um, and much of it initially was an oral tradition. So eventually when it got written down, uh, some of these practices themselves, some of the, the techniques were called Tantra. So Tantra can also be called a text. Uh, but I'm not actually teaching, or the, the kind of Tantra I teach is certainly informed by classical Tantra, but it really is something called Neo-Tantra. And I want to be specific about that, otherwise I end up getting in trouble. <laughs> Which people are like, this is not Tantra! And there isn't really one definition. So the definition I'm giving you is is uh, the way I tend to use the word. 
And Neo-Tantra was really developed, uh, started again in India, predominantly at Osho's ashram in Pune. And there was, um, you know, one of the main spokeswomen is a, a teacher, one of my teachers called Margot Anand. And they started really embracing sexuality and the sexual practices that have been found in the Hindu and the Buddhist traditions, but that only made up a small component. And they actually expanded that to make it the focal point of Western or Neo-Tantra. And the reason for that is that the Western mind is very, very different to uh, a lot of those for people found in the East who've had years of being steeped in meditation and esoteric practices, which we haven't done in the West. Mm -hmm. And there also there's a lot of shame around sexuality here. So I find with my students using sexuality and pleasure as the vehicle or the access point is really an amazing way to get people into meditation. So a lot of what I teach actually is meditation. It just doesn't look like it because we're not sitting, sitting still and trying to quiet our minds. We're getting into our bodies and we're breathing deeply and automatically the mind shuts off. And when I can teach you how to have, uh, you know, quadruple your orgasm just through breath and sound, suddenly you're quite motivated. <laughs> but if I tell you that we've got to do a pranayama practice and that we're going to do meditation, you know, probably nobody would show up for my classes. Yeah, snooze. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a really dynamic form of meditation and uses a lot of um, energetic principles and practices from the East with a very modern twist to make it really uh, accessible to people in the West. Absolutely, because the idea of just sitting still is something a lot of people just can't do. It's not accessible, at least not yet, uh, for a lot of people to just sit still in their silence. Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not actually knocking sitting still practices. They're amazing, but our Western minds, it, it's such a foreign concept. And if that works for you, I mean, I want your listeners to do what works, right? Mm, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever's going to take you to that place of deepest connection with yourself, do that. Whatever's going to get you more connected to your partner, do that. But Tantra for me is the fastest path, path to awakening that I know. And I notice through these dynamic practices with breath and sound and movement, that actually very naturally takes me to a place of quieting my mind. So it's almost like a way we can overcome or trick the mind into getting very still. Absolutely. I think, well, I think uh, for moms especially, we have to trick our mind in staying still because if we're just sitting still, then we get this creeping feeling of being lazy. So it's, it's very hard to, you know, just sit and be mindful. Yeah, what you're saying about moms is really uh, applicable, you know, to moms and then to anybody who feels busy or overwhelmed. And uh, I feel very grateful that I've picked a career where I get to do all these practices as part of my work because I need them just as much as my students, right? We all need things to help us lower our stress levels and, you know, to get a moment for ourselves because we've always got Twitter and we've got kids and we've got to make dinner and, you know, the house always needs tidying or whatever it is. And uh, I don't know what your experience is like, Victoria, but if I don't actually consciously make time to stop and give myself permission to to engage a practice, whether it's for five minutes or half an hour or three hours, 
if I don't do that, the day just kind of runs away with me. Yeah, no. Absolutely. And then I've never, right? <laughs> it never stops. You just go, you, you try to sleep, but your brain is still going and it's just like, oh, I just want to sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, actually doing some meditation practices, um, and in this, you know, what I'm thinking of in my head right now is, is um, some very simple breathwork practices. Uh, your, your listeners could actually find it on my YouTube channel. Um, there's something that I teach there in a free video called The Complete Breath. And literally, it's like the windshield wipers for the mind, literally in a space of less than five minutes. You can just kind of take a mini vacation with this practice and find your way back to yourself and back to your own resource, which means you're going to deal with the kids better. You're going to deal <laughs> with, you know, the demands of family life better mm-hmm. just by seeking a little more time uh, for yourself. So, you know, while it's great if we have three or four hours to drop in, for those of us that don't always have that, I like to teach uh, techniques that we can really bring into our daily life uh, to uh, to use it kind of, and if we have to have kind of meditation on the go even, it's really powerful if you can do it sitting and being, being a little quieter. But um, one of the other things I use is a mantra or a chanting practice. And I literally do that on the way when I'm like dropping my kid at school and it's in the car so nobody else can hear me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, right? You know, by the time I've driven him to school and back, now I've actually got in half an hour of chanting. So I've done my energetic tune-up and, and mantra or chanting is, is another way to practice uh, tantra. It's called the tantra of sound. And I actually went to India to study this where we can literally use the sound vibrations to kind of give our energy some fine tuning. And um, I love that. For, you can do it in the shower. You can do it. It's beautiful if you do it while you, you're cooking dinner, you know. So it's a very tangible and accessible um, way. And it, it helps open up um, an energy center in your throat called the throat chakra and what's exciting about that is that really empowers us uh, to to speak and communicate more clearly just by chanting. And as we do that, we probably speak to our kids with more love. We're able to articulate our needs with our partners better or with our boss. So even these esoteric practices end up having very tangible and practical uh, results in our in our everyday life. Yeah, so if it feels weird, it's working. <laughs> yeah, well, even if it just helps you feel better in the moment, right? Clearer thinking or a little calmer or some of the practices um, can actually give you a little bit more energy, <laughs> which I'm sure all of us exhausted yes, moms yes. <laughs> could do with, in, you know, uh, just giving us a little boost instead of always having to go to the coffee or the other forms of caffeine. And I think those with anxiety, it can just kind of stop that train or that loop from going on and on and on. If you can just kind of interrupt that line of thinking, um, you can kind of just process it a little quicker. Absolutely. So with chanting, are we, are you just talking about just doing sounds or are they affirmations or? Well, I really believe in the power of affirmations and on my um, SoundCloud page, you can, you can actually, I take you through a whole practice 
uh, of affirmations in English. But when I'm talking about mantra, I'm actually speaking about using Sanskrit, this ancient Indian language. And, you know, I'm an intensity junkie. And when I do my practices, I want to get the most that I can kind of out of the out of each moment of the time. Mm-hmm. And Sanskrit actually activates the energy body in a very different way to English. So we're able to unlock energy channels and kind of unlock magic in our bodies by using uh, the vibrate the sound vibrations that were channeled, you know, like in the Himalayas and in India years and years and years ago. Um, but we can actually chant quite simple things. Again, there's there's a practice that's on my YouTube channel, um, just actually chanting uh, a single sound for each of the energy centers, the seven energy centers called chakras in the body. And so it doesn't have to be a very complicated practice, but the sound vibration is actually going to create a different activation using um, Sanskrit versus English. So affirmations will help predominantly with your mind and reprogramming the mind. And that has, you know, a lot of power to it on its own. But like, why not open up? It's literally when you chant in Sanskrit, it opens up. 72,000 nadis or like the meridians in the body, 72,000 ways for energy to move and your body is being activated. That's a lot. <laughs> exactly. So I'd rather take the, the practice that gets the most, um, get, get, kind of gives me the most bang for my buck. Actually, it works smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, perfect, perfect. Okay, so we've got chanting and tantra. Um, so most of my audience, as you know, is kind of vanilla, and I use that in a positive way, um, and monogamous. So what would, if, if we have a couple together that are kind of looking into tantra, uh, what is the best way to kind of introduce them and get them started with that? That's a great question. So First, probably the number one thing (laughs) that I work on with all my couples is about slowing down, right? We always lead these fast-paced lives. You know, as parents with kids, we're sitting at the dinner table, and I often say to my son, I feel like I could actually have what I say to him just on a, a, like a recorded message because it's the same thing every night, like sit up straight, eat your food, (laughs) like focus, hurry up and eat your food, you know. And so we're not actually sharing real intimacy and connection with our partners because we're just in the everyday uh, rushing rush of life. So setting up a time where you're actually creating date night with each other, and if you're able to, hiring a babysitter or, or having the grandparents take the kids so that you've got some time where you're not going to be interrupted If you don't have that luxury, you know, perhaps the kid's bedtime is like eight or nine o'clock. And then instead of going to check email, you set aside dedicated time just for the two of you. And stopping to slow down and taking a few breaths together, just inhaling and then opening the mouth with a big sigh, exhaling. And if you did like three to five of those deep conscious breaths together, that would already start changing your state and the ability to be present. I'm noticing just after doing one, 
I'm talking a lot slower <laughs> in our call today. Um, in terms of slowing down and creating intimacy, so many couples, especially when you've been together for a while, you kind of have these super highways of connection. And, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you get like a kiss on the lips, one on the breast, a little bit of clit action, and then it's all about in. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, sex can be over. I, I actually forget what the national average is, but it's it's awful. It's like sex is like two and a half minutes or something. It's like <laughs> a really short amount of time. The median, the median of penetrative sex is five minutes. Five minutes. That's nothing. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to, like, have date night if it's going to be five minutes. But they only base that on, like, how long the penetration lasts. They don't even record, like, how long did foreplay last? How long did flirting the whole day last? How long? It's just literally they only record the amount that the penis is in a vagina or anus. Right. But so, as you probably know, women take a minimum of 20 minutes before they actually are even ready for any kind of penetration, mm-hmm. penis or otherwise. And in my experience working with couples, most men are in a hurry. And they have biology, right? The biology is like, oh, my goodness, get it in, you know, get it up, get it in. <laughs> and then, you know, have an ejaculation because it's really about procreation. Well, we've moved beyond sex just for procreation. And now we can do it. I mean, it's fine if it's for that purpose, but like it's also for pleasure. It's also to continue building and nurturing your relationship. Absolutely. Also for you to get fed and nourished. So while quickies, I'm not knocking quickies. Quickies can be really fun, but if that's all you're doing, uh, you can miss out on a huge range of, of intimacy. So I love what you said, Victoria, about, you know, they can be like flirtation via text that day or even as you are passing each other in the kitchen while making dinner, you know, a little like um, brushing of your partner's ass or or whispering a little something naughty in their ear can just get the juices flowing. But once you sit down, dropping in as you take those breaths together, And then eye gazing, which for those of your uh, audience who are new to Tantra can actually be quite edgy. It can be difficult. (laughs) It can be difficult and it can really be profound. Because so often we're looking past our partners and we're not actually even taking time to acknowledge them and be with them and see the magnificence of who they are. You know, we've chosen them for a reason. And sometimes we get so busy we forget that reason. So we've got to slow down (laughs) enough kind of to rediscover each other again. And uh, I've seen videos where there are couples that have been married like for 50 years and have just spent five or ten minutes eye-gazing with each other and say they've never shared that much intimacy with their partner in the 50 years that they've been together. So just taking the time to slow down and before we even get all the juices flowing and, you know, the bits touching, like we actually see, see our partner and look into their eyes and take a breath together. And then 
I'm a big fan with my couples of actually inviting them to offer each other at least one. I normally say three, but like a, a, a few appreciations. So often, and this can be in English, by the way, it does not have to be in Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough Sanskrit to do it in, in, yeah. in another language. But, you know, speaking in your language and then just sharing from your heart. So often, all we ever do is tell our partners what they're doing wrong or when they've screwed up. Mm-hmm. And that often shuts people down. So coming back into your heart and saying, I really appreciate that you, you know, you helped me get the kids off to school or that, wow, thanks for rallying and making sure everybody was in bed so we could get this time together tonight. I really appreciate what a beautiful heart you bring to parenting. And I'm so grateful for the ways you provide for our family. You know, whatever is true and authentic for you. And that's going to start opening up the heart space and start weaving, there's that word again, weaving connection between you and you haven't even really done any touching yet Mm -hmm. but already you come into the practice much more open so for total newbies to tantra this is where i'd start okay sweet so we've got breath we've got eye gazing and appreciation i think that that's fairly simple and um anybody can introduce that yeah, and, and also importantly, like making the time, like setting aside the time, literally putting it in your calendar. Because if we don't make the time for each other and for ourselves, it actually doesn't happen, right? Life keeps getting in the way. So to actually plan that, I'm going to call it sacred time for each other. You can call it like unfuckable with time. <laughs> if all my woo-woo, I like the woo words, but... Uh, whatever works for you, like non-negotiable time. Yeah, like this, it's on the calendar, it's for real, you can't watch the game during this. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, I consciously actually picked men for many years in my life, Victoria, that weren't into sport, and I feel like it's the universe's cosmic joke. I've had a child who uh, is a total jock and wants to talk to me <laughs> about sport all the time. So I can't escape it. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're not a, a sporty household. I don't know why I picked that out. But I think I think I just hear a lot of people saying that he picks the game instead of me. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so no, not Sundays. <laughs> you know, honoring that your partner wants to watch the game is fine. And then tell him, great. So we're going to make time for you to do that. It's really important for me that we have connection time. So when can we plan it so that it so that it happens? Absolutely. Just put it where it works on the calendar and then stick to it. Mm-hmm. All right. So what what you do a lot um, is this thing called um, body work. And then I want to also touch on sex magic. So um, just it, describe in any way that you would like to. What do you do in your tantra teachings? Okay. Well, I, I really do a range of things in that I offer um, – classes, workshops, and retreats for people to come. You know, my classes are really very affordable because I'm so passionate about this work. Um, And you can come sort of either for a three-hour class or a day long or my retreats, which are a much deeper dive. And I I love them because we get to swim in the soup of this beautiful energy for anything from a weekend uh, up to a week. So that's one aspect of of uh, the way I share Tantra with the world. 
But a really profound uh, experience is for those students that choose to work with me one-on-one. And you used that word dakini earlier, and this is where my dakini work really comes into play. So a lot of people will give you a whole range of definitions for what a dakini is. Again, it comes from um, uh, Buddhist, uh, Buddhist, ancient Buddhist teachings, and you can go and find it um, where where the dakini would sky dance, so she would actually ride on the energy. I'm giving you the esoteric meaning because this is where it all comes from, right? Mm-hmm. She would sky dance, and her and her partner would literally paint the sky with the ways they were moving the energy. And um, one of the definitions of a dakini that I love is a keeper of the energy. So while I certainly work physically, as you said, I do I do body work with uh, my students. A lot of what I do, and a lot of tantra actually, is focused around the energetics um, of the practice. So I like to use uh, pleasure as an access point, and. Um, a dakini is really a person, it's really a life calling and a stepping into a place for holding these energies, but a person who's deeply devoted to spiritual awakening, not only in herself, but in others. And so I work with the, the energy body, the physical body, the emotions, so the whole person uh, to really... Uh, invite people into deep places of transformation. And I don't know if it, if you've ever had this experience. I'm a big fan of therapy, by the way. But <laughs> one of my teachers, Krishna Das, says we can't think ourselves out of a problem. Right? Mm-hmm. So using our heads to try and solve the whole problem is a very limited, a very limited way <laughs> to explore. And so really including a holistic approach like this uh, is, I I find, very supportive for people. So a lot of people call what I do tantric massage. I don't use that word because I'm not a massage therapist. I don't, you know, I don't work with the body in that way. I use what I call body awakening, which is a combination of breath and exquisite touch and sublime energy. And for those of you who don't know what energy is, you know, I I give people practices uh, to help awaken their energetic bodies. Some students come to me already very sensitive and others, uh, you know, others have to have that part of them switched on. But we all actually have access to this capacity. Uh, We just have to learn the tools. And I got into this, Victoria, because I was a trauma survivor myself, and I'd done years of personal growth and therapy, but when we were working on uh, a lot of the memories that were actually trapped in the body, I realized that instead of slowly pulling off uh, layers of the onion, which often is what just purely cognitive uh, processes do, I was able to work and accelerate my healing much faster. And it's really fun for people to show up and go, wow, I'm going to receive this incredibly pleasurable experience. <laughs> That's going to be deeply transformative. You know, therapy often isn't fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's work. It's work. Well, I, like right. you said, too, like just talking through it, um, um, I, I have been working through anxiety myself. So it's almost like I can't trust my brain to talk through stuff. 
because you know that's where the hurt comes from is my brain so if I get more into my body and how my body is really feeling um it's just way easier to go throughout the day without you know my brain being there (laughs) if that makes sense well yes and you know our, our our brains serve us in some ways right there's a light and a shadow aspect to everything and in the west the brains are really and the mind is really glorified But in the end, just like you say, for example, with anxiety, it can get in the way. It can keep running like on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it can also create this spiral where we're just spiraling into more and more frustration or anxiety or depression. And that isn't actually serving us. So it's part of why I gave you that definition at the beginning. Tantra supports us getting out of our heads and into our bodies And once we do that, we often connect more deeply to ourselves. And then what's hidden below the surface can naturally arise. And the blockages, which are frequently energetic, can then be uh, cleared out with, you know, with an expert such as myself. So again, how how would you assess somebody when when they come into your office? How would you kind of just just get a feeling that they're open with their energy, or how do you kind of assess them? That's a great question. So I always I actually offer all of my students uh, a thirty minute complimentary call. I call it my getting your getting acquainted call before they even come in. So we both get a feel for each other to see if it's the right fit to work together, and. Many, many Tantra practitioners only offer 90-minute sessions. I do very few of those because I, I really want to give people the spaciousness to be with what arises in the session. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Victoria, but you'll be like in a coaching session or with a therapist and you're just getting into the good stuff and then they're like, oh, sorry, time's up. <laughs> You had that experience before? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> right? They're like, okay, we'll see you next week. And that, for me personally, that was so frustrating. And also when I was working with students, I wanted us to not have to wait till next week and then try and find that opening again, but to keep following it. So in my private sessions, I mostly drop in for anything from two and a half to three hours to really give us the spaciousness to be with what unfolds. And when people arrive, uh, you know, we ha- we sit down, we have a little chat, and we talk a lot about your past and your history and, and the challenges that you're coming to me with, because people come with a range of different things, you know, some people are wanting to learn to be better lovers, or they're coming, you know, I see men that have... Um, that have erectile dysfunction or are premature ejaculators, you know, or I see women that are having trouble having orgasm, right? So I, I want to meet the student exactly where they're at. So I want to talk about what, what that's like. And we also uh, go over trauma uh, in, in a fair amount of detail. And I do that because I have a huge amount of respect for the impact that trauma can have on our bodies consciously or and our emotions too, but consciously or unconsciously. Sometimes there's trauma playing out, and this was certainly true in my life before I, you know, before I did this work, that I didn't even know uh, that trauma was was running the show in my marriage and was causing huge problems at the time with my husband and I. So uh, it's it's really helpful to look at those pieces. And 
sort of these unspoken parts can actually be the things that are getting in the way of us having the fulfilling sex lives we need. So once we've glorified the mind, then we move, and I, I always teach breath work because it's, it's the foundation of all tantric practice. And um, that then helps, you know, quiet the mind. And there's a beautiful bathing ritual at the beginning and the end of uh, my sessions. And then plenty of time to, to connect with the body. Um, it's beautiful in that, you know, you really just get to be honored and adored and literally have your body worshipped by me in an exquisite experience. I have rose petals and, and again, I use mantras. Sometimes I sing those on the body. Sometimes they're just playing in the background. And we awaken all of the five senses. And then, you know, my I am pretty energetically sensitive, so now I'm listening and because I've studied energy a lot, I'm looking for specific uh, energy patterns that are playing out within each person. And then I tailor make the session for exactly what they need. And there's space to express feelings, you know, sometimes anger or frustration or sadness or vulnerability uh, or fear can come up. And then I, I really create a supportive environment uh, to move through those so that I can support you into deeper empowerment. Yeah, that that I like that you had me at rose petals. I'm in. Um, <laughs> well, you know, especially as moms, like it so often happens in relationships. Where, like, in the beginning, our partners, you know, lit the candles and did all the things <laughs> and like wooed us. And like, by the time you married, you know, some of your audience may not be married, but like, once you're in a committed relationship and you've been at this for a while, a lot of that just like fades off into the long distant past. It doesn't mean the need to be celebrated like that has left. It just has to be more intentional now. Right. Well, we have to like intentionally because we've run out of um, NRE or new new relationship energy, right? So yes, is one of the ways Tantra can be amazing. And, um, you know, I work with couples as well where I can actually coach your partner in how to do these things <laughs> and remind or, or help them remember to make the space. And if you can't find it in your everyday schedule, you know, you can certainly come to me and we can keep creating, you know, I hold you to the time that we've set aside for this. <laughs> so uh, I actually have a lot of couples that kind of use me as the, um, and I mean that in a positive way, but they use me as the catalyst. Some of them can't engage. They just can't get over the the stumbling block of having to initiate. But it's easy to call me and book a session, and then I become kind of the the fun little instigator for them. So, <laughs> well, that that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, findings like we can't all go to you although if I can book a group plane I'd probably do that um so how would you go about or what advice would you have for somebody trying to find a local tantra expert or neo-tantra expert how would you know or find out that you trust them is your call to kind of just see if working with you is that normal in this industry or is that hard to find Wow, we could have a whole three-hour discussion just on that question alone. <laughs> um, and I want to give you the simple version. Um, it's with some sadness that I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of people out there saying that what they offer is Tantra and really isn't. And unfortunately, there is some, there's quite a lot of shadow in this industry. So I, I actually, there's a blog on my website, which I'll try and 
send you the link for uh, Victoria so your audience can find it. But talking about how to find a trustworthy provider, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it is really important to check out who, just like we would with a doctor or, you know, if we were hiring a sports coach, we would check them out to see what their credentials are. And there are a lot of people just kind of hanging their shingle out, like, I can do this thing. And I, I, I do recommend that you, you go and firstly, if they don't have a website, I would, I would question whether they're really doing this professionally. Um, also, if they are, uh, if there's, and forgive me for the sexist comment, but I just see this happen so much. If a man is saying to you, hey, let me give you a free tantra session, <laughs> I would really ask a lot of questions. You know, if he's a new student training, that's one thing. But um, most people who are serious about this and doing this for free understand the, the time investment and the study that's gone into it. And just like a therapist wouldn't give away their sessions for free, a really serious tantra provider who's got the skills necessary uh, probably isn't going to offer it for free as well. I would read over testimonials and ask them for references and trust your gut feeling. Absolutely. That's a huge one. Yeah. Trust right? your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. If something feels off, it probably is. So most decent tantra teachers have actually studied with um, accredited schools. And if they're good, they've probably studied with a wide range of teachers you know, even some of my teachers who are like hardcore, like classical Tantra, like lineage through India, you know, even they, even though they're following one lineage, have still got some other teachers that they've engaged. Uh, they haven't only studied with one person. Uh, any red flags would be if they're trying to push your boundaries. Anybody that tells you that they have to have intercourse with you in a session. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> right. I, in fact, and I'm, I'm really pretty passionate about this. I do not believe that you ever need to have somebody pe somebody's penis inside you in a Tantra session. Um, you know, sexual surrogacy is another category that, you know, that I hugely respect. And that's one thing on its own. But mm -hmm. in terms of regular sexual healing, nobody's penis needs to be inside you to, for healing. And if you hear that, then run. Yes, my... run, call the cops. <laughs> right. Professional opinion. Um, and even if they're not hearing or respecting your boundaries, it might even be, you know, uh, a little less intense than that. Um, one of the questions I always ask my students is, is there any way you don't want me to touch you today? Because, you know, for example, I don't like being touched on the front of my throat. And maybe somebody doesn't, anyway, I don't want to, words in people's mouths but people have lots of different boundaries and it's really important when we're doing this delicate work that your boundaries are honored and uh, respected and if you can't get testimonials from um, any previous students either in writing or video or then I again if they're not willing to be open and transparent about what they're doing those are big red flags absolutely and, Run away fast. <laughs> okay, perfect. So let's talk about where we can find you. How can we book? What are you offering recently or soon? Thank you, Victoria. Oh, I could talk to you for three hours on this. You can tell I'm so passionate about <laughs> this subject. So, I mean, you and I discovered each other on Facebook. So that's, that's a great way to get resources, literally a daily dose of me, no matter where you are in the world. I actually I found you first on YouTube. 
Oh, you did? Yeah, you had a discussion. You were with Kathy Vertulli from the Intimacy Do Show, uh, Liz Powell from uh, Sex Psych, Sex I think. Positive it's... Psych. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. those those are wonderful. I'll, I'll link to a couple of those conversations. But Oh, that's great. Well, those are actually all sitting live on my YouTube channel. So, yes. yeah. I, I do actually give a lot of information away uh, for free to people. So my website is a way you can connect to all of this stuff. And you can find me at carolinecarrington.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-C-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. And that will link to my SoundCloud and my YouTube and, and also then to the classes that I'm offering. Um, it's really great that we've talked about, uh, providers and how to find a, uh, you know, a reputable Tantra expert. Um, and it's actually motivated me to set up my own Tantra school, um, called Sarasa Tantra. And I actually have a training program for those that are wanting to dive deeper into Tantra. And it could be, uh, you just want to deepen your own practice. You could be a coach or a therapist or an existing workshop leader that wants to be able to incorporate tantric elements into your existing offerings. Um, or you could want to learn how to lead workshops. We're going to be looking at it through the lens of Tantra, but uh, we're going to be teaching group facilitation and also some serious business skills like how to actually market this. Um, if you guys follow me on Facebook, you'll see I'm pretty open about sharing about this work because I'm so passionate. But I find there are plenty of people that are amazing at what they do and they have no idea how to put the word out there. And so nobody finds out about their work. So, um, yes, yeah, Rasa Tantra is happening in Oakland starting on Memorial Day weekend. I think the dates are the 24th to the 29th of May. Uh, I'll try and check those as we're talking. Um, and we're going to do two two trainings actually in May and then the last weekend in June. So the first uh, module is May 26th to May 30th. To the 30th. Thank yeah. you. You know the dates better than I do. Thank you. <laughs> I run. I really run a lot of groups, so forgive me if I don't. No have worries. No worries. Yeah. And the second week, and you would need to ideally come for both modules, would be June 23rd to the 27th. Um, we're keeping it super affordable. So it's a non-residential program. You'll literally be coming to my temple home. And um, we're going to be geeking out on this stuff and learning about energy and learning about breath and then how to, how to, take, how to take Tantra and incorporate it more into your life and world. And from there, for those of you who are interested in learning how to do sexual healing, I'll be, I'm going to be hand-selecting uh, a group of, it'll probably only be five, but I may end up being generous and go to a maximum of 10 <laughs> students that I'm going to then mentor. So um, I'm just so tired of, of people getting damaged by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So I am, I am starting this mentorship program to really support people who want to dive deeper in this work. That's wonderful. Yeah, I love I love mentorship and I'm 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 thankful that you're doing that so you can spread the good tantra all around. <laughs> all the good energy. Thank you. And I will say um I know we're coming up against time pretty soon, but I will say that 
you know, I'm prepared to fly and work with people in your area. Um, people can hire me, like couples could hire me for a VIP intensive where I come out and I create a, a series of sessions just for, for the two of you. Or if a group of you got together, um, myself and some of my co-teachers uh, are also willing to come out. We normally ask you to book like two or three workshops, but we can come to you. You guys organize the group. You get the people. We offer you a super discount. And um, yeah, I mean, my calendar is getting kind of full for this year, so it might, <laughs> might require some planning, but it is possible actually for me it's, to come. To yeah. You. Well, if anybody's interested in that, definitely let me know and I can probably felicitate that happening for sure. 